the project. Kuwait. Learn. Learn. Live. Live. All right, Dr. D, this one's on you. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> Did you remember yet? <laughs> hey, if you ever thought about expressing your negative emotions. Now, we had a debate here and we wanted to know, is it really all about venting it in a physical way or expressing it uh, verbally? So we're talking about catharsis on this show. So it depends what you think. I was arguing with Mahdi the whole time. Now, most athletes might agree with me on working it out on the field or working it out at the gym because some of us are reserved and hitting a punching bag isn't the ideal way, but maybe going for a long run to organize your thoughts. Anyways, we get into this debate. It goes through <laughs> to about minute 45. And then I think we go on to talking about quitting smoking and the steps to quitting smoking. The steps to quitting smoking. Because it's an easy fix. We start that conversation, I think, in minute 50. But stay tuned for the whole episode because it all ties in to each other. And, and I think this is really going to be helpful because there is no one way or the other is correct or wrong. I mean, we were not trying to say one way is better than the other, but that there are factors that you have to consider when you want to express negative emotions. So if you want to learn all about catharsis, this is the show for you. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review and tell your friends and family about the show, especially if you think they need psychological help. All this and more in today's episode. Welcome, everybody, to the show. I gave Dr. Dinka uh, my wife's sandwich out of the fridge. <laughs> What's so funny is you didn't give me your food. You gave me your wife's food. I don't food. have any food. My wife gets food delivered. She's a power lifter. So she's like, she needs her food. Oh, my God. If she doesn't eat, she gets hangry. Really? Oh, she gets her food delivered? That's so sweet. Well, there you go. So now, huh. now, now it should be a little yes. better. So your wife's sandwich, I hope she's not going to come back and say, where's my sandwich? Because I know how you are. <laughs> You're going to give me something and say, no, she doesn't. She's not going to eat it. And then later on, tell me, I guess know. what? Hey, is looking for that <laughs> turkey sandwich <laughs> that you ate. And she's going to be like, you gave it to Dr. Dick. I'm going to be like, wow. Yeah. I was, she was starving. She was hungry. We got no food in the house. We're moving. Yeah, that's no, but you had enough more than I have. See, you know your family when you come over to my house and uh, my house is in this state. All right. Like just so everybody knows, there's boxes around. There's like clothes, toolboxes, all kinds of crazy stuff. He's moving. That's yeah, what he's doing. Across but you know, hall. when I move, I'm a little bit more organized than you are. How do you know where this stuff is going to go? Oh, this is organized. Boxes are going to the new apartment. Okay. Because they're you know, like, if they rip, new apartments literally across the hall. <laughs> really? I love the way you're like... Moving, you're not really moving, you're just going across the street. I know, right? And then the plastic containers, those are going to my house in Wafala. Ah, this, so this is how you like, yeah, that's how you label them. Yeah, so that way, do you have enough of this? The, the plastic ones? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So the house in Wafra gets the plastic containers. Because, yeah, because it's more or less storage, so I know it's safe in the plastic container versus oh, in a box okay. where lizards, dust, all kinds of crap can get in. But plastic, they can't get in there, they can't get is in. Is the house ready? That's going to be ready in a week or two, maybe a month. They should have the uh, electrical wiring done. So the wiring's you, done. The house is done. Why can't we just have a, an episode there? We can have an episode That'd there. Be you fun. can come for a weekend. Yeah, I want to come for well, a weekend. You can definitely come for a week. There's a swimming pool. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It's all functioning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not up and ready yet. It's going to be up and ready as soon as we get electricity. As soon as we get electricity, that's when they put all the light fixtures in. That'll take a week. They paint the entire house. That'll take another week. And then the cleanup will be another week because I told them, I was like, look, I have a little sandy area inside the, the, the walls of my house. 
Because DJ likes to play in the sand. Yeah. Figure I'm going to put like a little jungle gym out there or something. Well, that would be fun. Right? And I said, look, clean up the sand. I don't want any nails in there. Yeah. And so it's I hope they do that. Week. So, so by February, maybe like Liberation Week. Inshallah. I'm hoping by Liberation Day week. Now, how often will you guys go? I mean, like for people that don't know where Wafra is, it's like what, 45 minutes from? Yeah, it's about 45. It's like in the desert. Yeah. That's why we call it Wafra. Yeah, yeah. It's like in the, it's in the desert. It's over by the Saudi border. It's about 45 minutes away from the city. It's quieter out there. All the farms are out there. So you, oh, yeah. Food. That is where the farm, that's what Wafra means. There's a lot of farms, right? I have no idea. I've only so. taken my kids once. It was this farm we went where they had seen animals and they were like fresh vegetables. Yeah. We liked it. It was like, uh, we went in February because we really don't want to go when it's really hot. So it was nice weather. Some of those farms out there are gorgeous homes. It's so true. And I'm like, dude, how's this a farm if you have a lake in the middle? Like, <laughs> like seriously, you have a lake. <laughs> now, how often are they using it? Like, can you use your Waffra house when it's in summer or no? Yeah, I can use it. I'm going to have a swimming pool. Oh, that's true. Like it's, it's, Do most all of them have swimming pool? No, no, like mine's a house house, like a living house. It's these, not a farm, these, farm. Yeah, no, no, it's not Are a farm. You, gonna, you don't have anything that you're going to make into a farm? Like, can you no, plant no, no, things? No. no, I only had, I well, not only, but I had 600 meters to build on. Yeah. 600 meter space. The house itself is 640 square, square meters. Mm. So it's like one, ground floor, first floor, and then half a floor on the roof. Oh, okay. And then I have a two-bedroom apartment, and I have a one-bedroom studio on the roof. Which means What's I'm, the studio? I might rent it. Can you really rent? Here you could rent if you're in the city, but who's going to rent in Wafra? The For the weekend, companies. you mean? No, the oil companies. The oil companies. Yeah, the oil companies are starting production but soon. But then they're like, oh, that's true. But then in the if they're in the studio on the roof, they don't have anything to do with you, right? No. Like you don't have to see them. Two even separate entrances, everything. I hooked it up. Oh, you hooked it up. Wow, you've been thinking. Oh, yeah. Well, originally oh. it was going to be for my mother. Oh, uh, okay. And well, we've talked that we've mother ta- issue. We've talked about the mother issue and like, you know, hey and my mother. What were you I even mean, thinking originally it's going to be for your mother? Well, I, Like that's like me thinking it's going to be for my mother. No way. You got to do what you got to do. I know that thought would have never came to me. I'd rather have my mom live somewhere and I'll pay the rent. To have her rent a place in where I am on a regular basis, I don't know. Well, if she ever wanted to, like the apartment was there, she could have at it. I said, it's up to you. Okay. She said no. So I was like, all right, fine. Then I'll probably she's end up She's not going to Wafra? No, she's not going to Wafra. <laughs> if I was retired, I would live in Wafra. Really? I hate the city. It's too hot in the summer. But if you have a swimming pool and in the right conditions, like if you have a swimming pool, and by the way, it's a lot cooler in Wafra. It's like five degrees cooler. Are you serious? Yeah. Hefji's five degrees cooler where I work. Yeah. It's literally five degrees cooler when I'm out at work. Huh, Come okay. back to Kuwait and it's like, if it's 50 in Kuwait, it's 45 there. If it's 45 in Kuwait, it's 40 there or 37. So what was mom's reason for saying no? Too I mean, far. here you're offering her something for free. Yeah, too far. And plus she likes to bitch and complain. Oh, okay. Just gives her another it reason. It is too far though. Because watch, I'll rent it is out. Is she still working? No, she no. retired. So, so it was too far for what? Too far for her. But watch, I'll rent it out and then she'll go, see, I knew Maddie was lying. Uh, he said he built that apartment before you, but look, now he's renting it out. She's so going to do that. Oh, uh, and then what are you going to do? How are you going to deal with this stress of her saying, say, I told you so, mom. You should have her sign a contract. Say, mom, I offered it this at this date. <laughs> she doesn't you, like you. You think she's going <laughs> to like you after that statement? She's never going to like me. No, but I think with my mom, the same thing. Because like you offer them something and you say you want to do this. And then later on, they forget. And then they act like you've never offered it to them or they've never really offered help. And then you feel like, and then you have to remind them. 
look, mom, I did this and this and this, but then they don't remember you did this and this. You know, I got to a point in my life, forget it. I don't offer. I don't remind them. It's, it's better because ultimately they act like you haven't done anything. Yeah, your mom's not like mine. Mine's like, if I don't offer, <laughs> are you kidding me? If I don't offer, if my sister doesn't offer or something, like it's World War Three. <laughs> and she'll pin each one of us against each other, oh, which is geez. the worst. Like, because I'll get a phone call from my sister saying, why wouldn't you take mommy to the airport? I'm like, dude, she never asked. Uh, <laughs> well, why didn't you ask her if she needed a ride? I was like, well, she didn't ask. I'm not going to ask her and beg her every mm-hmm. time. Oh, do you need a ride or do you need this? Uh, like, she's a grown adult. She can ask. Yeah. Not that hard. That's right. So. Huh. But you always get in trouble. Are you the favorite, though? I was the favorite. I don't think so anymore. I think it's Haya's fault. <laughs> <laughs> it's Haya's fault no, that you're not no, the I'm favorite? Joking. Does no, she like Haya now? No. She didn't like her at the beginning. I told my mother today, I was like, yeah, so we're thinking of renting a place in Boston. It's a little bit lower of a cost. It has four rooms. You're more than welcome. She was like, for the summer? Yeah, for the summer. And she was like, well, I don't know. It'd be quite awkward. I was like, what do you mean? (laughs) She goes, it would be quite awkward. And I'm like, oh, you mean with Haya? Like, what? You guys can be civil. Like, I think you could be civil under one roof. Do they not talk? No, they do. I mean. I mean, like, what's their conversation like? Haya really tried with my mom. Really? <laughs> like, Haya tried a lot. Your mother doesn't even like me, and I'm the nicest person you can find. Well, you told her to her face what she didn't want to hear. Well, what can I do? It's my job. Well, you better do a better job. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I failed. Jeez. No, she's the type of person that's, A, overly sensitive, mm-hmm. and she's just detached from reality mm-hmm. with certain things, especially when it comes to emotion. Yeah. Like, I think my mom's given me... Two memorable hugs. That's about it. <laughs> Two? Yeah. My dad said I love you to me once. As well, you like, remember. Yeah, I was, yeah, well, he said it to me once. Of course <laughs> I'm going to remember. It was like, it was for like the freaking 4th of July. Whoa. Yeah, I was like 12 or 13. Oh. And, and it never repeated itself. It was no. a bad hug? My mother's well, dad's, hug? Dad's hug. No, dad's was just I love you. That oh, was it. Lo- <laughs> that was it. That's the only time I heard I wonder I why you. he didn't repeat it. Like if it was like, if it worked, he got the right reaction. I don't know. It's a guy thing. You know, yeah, like the whole guy thing. Whole, you, so he put himself vulnerable. He told you, I love you. And then he's like, oh, I woke up and realized, yeah. oh, this is not for me. You guys had Khalid Hadid on the show, right? Was yeah, that's right. Yeah. You guys didn't ask him this stuff? We didn't ask him about why express your feelings. See, everybody, this is what happens when I'm not on a show. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, we wanted you on this show. So I know. You were busy. So the and gym. then mom, two hugs. <laughs> yeah. So mom, two hugs. And it never repeated. No, she's like, she's giving me like. One hug when I graduated. From high school, you mean? College. College. Sorry. Oh, okay. two. College, <laughs> undergraduate. One for my high graduate. Oh. And then she gave me a hug and patted me on the back when DJ was sick, when he was first born. Oh, okay. So, she was empathizing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but okay. other than that, she's always been like my American grandmother. Yeah. Who showed her affection with spending money like uh, on you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. What, a lot what's of people are like what that. Is that? What, what is that? Like, I didn't know that was a thing. No, that people express their emotions with just giving money or giving, buying gifts because they don't know how to express it verbally. So they do it by action. But that's not normal. But it's not normal because the idea is that I don't know why they think that's a substitution of expressing emotions. Even though a lot of times you'll see it and, and kids will say, I don't want you to do anything for me. I just want you to talk to me or share emotions. But There's a lot of people that feel awkward about expressing emotions. Yeah. And because they feel awkward or vulnerable, it's weird for them. And if you haven't like been taught when you're growing up, like if you never heard emotions or you've never heard 
your parents telling you they love you or giving you hugs. You'll find these kind of expression are very, very awkward to do. And it's much easier. I mean, much easier to go and buy or order something and say, oh, this is for DJ, this is for whatever. And then you think this is a replacement of emotion. So do you think it's more of a them finding their own catharsis in the situation? In the way, you, see, you see what I did there? Ah, you see, see what I did there? You see what I did? Matthew wants to talk about catharsis today, people. Yeah, look, okay. look everybody. Do you, Dr. Do you know D, how to define it? Yeah. Okay. Catharsis is basically when you do something that gives you an emotional release. Okay. That kind of gives you the gives you the relief you were looking for in something. It gives you peace of mind, I would say. So it's a form of expression. Yeah, it's a form of That's how I would define it. That's how you define it. it. That's my it. definition of it. Now, to some people, they might see it as displacement. Yeah. I mean, more and more research is saying that it's a lot of times people are using catharsis to display. And we talk a lot about catharsis when it comes to negative emotions like anger, right? Yeah. And so that's why we, you're not displacing it in a negative way. Like you could exercise. So you know how back in the days where like, if you have a lot of anger or resentment or some negative feelings, what do you do is that you should go and punch a bat, yes. right? So Google's definition. What's Google's definition? The process of releasing and thereby providing relief from strong or repressed emotions. Mm -hmm. Now, see, I agree when it's someone shopping and buying things because Mm -hmm. there are repercussions for trying to buy love. Not buy love, but because then there's that emotional detachment between you and your children. Okay. Like kind of what my mother does. You know, like she'll buy us gifts or whatever. And that to her is her showing us her love, which God bless her. She does a lot of like if I ever ask her to buy something, she'll buy it. But to give me that emotional support, Uh it's just not there. So when you continuously do that, yes, it starts to breed, you know, um, what's it called? Oh, what's the damn word? That's cycle. You know, the, the, the repetitive cycle that goes on of buying something and then, well, okay, well, that's not enough because I need the emotional side for it. And then if they don't provide the emotional side, you're left in the lurch. See what I'm saying? But for me, catharsis is like, it's an expression of emotions, like not that way. Like, let's say you are been, you had a fight and you have a lot of like anger, resentment, or you had a bad day today and someone pissed you off. So the idea is that catharsis would be like to release that emotions, that negative emotions into something more positive, like exercising. Yeah. So unless your mom has these intense emotions of like, that she needs to express and she doesn't know how to express it, then for her, then that would be like, and I I don't even know, I don't think it would be a displacement because what she's doing, she's expressing her love towards you, but she's not doing it physically, she's doing it materially, materialistically, right? But that provides a A form form of expression expression and relief. And for her, the repressed emotions of maybe, oh, I'm not being an emotionally parent that's emotionally there, but I can provide something else. Yeah, it could be. I mean, you and I were like, we're disagreeing in the sense that does catharsis really work? Yeah. And for me, I don't feel like it worked. So if I am like really, like I was telling you, I had a fight with this assistant yesterday. I was enraged. Usually I'm not. But it's like the idea of like, you feel like that the person is in front of you just took advantage of you because you're busy or you didn't check up or because you trusted the person. I shouldn't be, you're my assistant. I shouldn't be checking on you. And then I was realizing, so, I had so much anger yesterday. And you yeah. should see some of these voice messages I was leaving that it's like, 
And, and they were you all in Dr. Arabic. D, yeah. You, you, Dr. D, angry? I can't imagine that. Yeah, uh, I can't imagine. I'm a ball you, of anger. I know. You angry at someone <laughs> for not doing something? Oh, no. I was like, no, but what got me more angry is like, so I thought, well, expressing because, you know, catharsis is more about expressing your emotions, right? So I'm thinking I'm going to express my emotion to this guy and realize. But then the more he was responding and making it look like it was my fault or he was making it look like, no, I told you, you didn't realize this, which was BS, right? He was trying to cover himself. And the more he was trying to make excuses, the more angrier I was getting. So, and then I was thinking to myself, it's not really helping me trying to tell him what, how I feel about him. Because the more I was saying that you took advantage of A, B, and C, you never told me about this. I trusted you. The more he was making it look like I was the crazy one. And the more I was getting angry. That sense of a catharsis, it didn't really help me expressing my anger. It got me more angry. And then I was thinking, and then there are other people like, well, well, if you were so pissed off, go do something like go take a jog. For me, if I took a jog, it's going to make me more excited, right? It will relieve some of my, but it will make me more excited. And I don't really think that this was going to help me express my anger using physical activities. So I, to me, I feel like, okay. So talking for me, if you're going to do catharsis and if you're going to release any emotions that you want to express, you should express it verbally because putting it in other things like exercising or trying to punch a bag. You remember like, well, you're, you're much younger, but no, you know, I, no, no. I, I hate to, when I people like go punch a bag or go punch your pillow, scream. Oh, no, no. That's another thing. Why don't you just go scream? Look, if I go outside like yesterday, I'm telling you, I haven't been that angry. Because I was disappointed and I really trusted this person and, and some of the things that, you know, I mean, they were silly things, but it's like, you know, don't take advantage. And then pretend like you, and pretend like, listen, like, I mean, he was pretending like he was right. And I wrote, it's obvious. What I didn't understand is like, it is obvious. And the more I was explaining it in different tone, different dialogue of Arabic, different English, <laughs> the more he was coming back because he was feeling guilty and twisting it. So the more I was getting angry and I was thinking to myself, catharsis is about expressing. So that way you should express it, deal with it and move on. Well, expressing it to him, it didn't help me, to be honest. Well, so maybe that's different. why I think catharsis doesn't really work. But everybody's different. I mean, to each, the, to each their own. And I always say there's no one size fits all. Like every single human being is so uniquely different from one another yeah. that my emotional processing is completely different than your emotional processing. For me. I know that when I was in college, for instance, or high school, going to the batting cage was cathartic. Going to the batting cage, if I had a bad day or if I had something bad happening, going to the batting cage and hitting a bunch of baseballs, even if I was pissed off, it was cathartic for me or even punching a bag because I'm getting rid of some of that pent up frustration and emotion out on the bag and I'm not doing it in a different way. You remember me. I had anger issues. Yeah. That's because you still I still have anger issues. Yeah, but not not nowhere near as but bad. I was gonna ask you, how do you know by punching a bag or going into the bat and hitting ball is going to really how do you know that really was the one that helped you? Because I felt good after it. I felt good. Like and did every, it not come even back till again? This day, no, it didn't come back again. Say I had a really bad day or I got into a fight with my boss and I felt helpless and I had all this pent up emotion that was just bottled inside. I had to do something physical. Maybe it's an athlete thing. Maybe a lot of athletes express themselves this way, mm -hmm. but that was my way of releasing it. To some people, coloring, adult coloring books are like a thing now. 
because there's catharsis in coloring. You just feel at peace and calm and whatever else. But see, what I don't understand or I don't agree with. Have you ever I tried adult coloring, by the way? No. You I really don't like haven't? coloring. You haven't? I don't like it. I like painting, I coloring, nothing. I don't like it either, but something about drawing inside the lines, because I didn't do it as don't a kid. Don't piss me off more. See, it, I'm just a ball of emotions. Nothing see, like this is going to help You me. need to do CrossFit. I think you would enjoy CrossFit. Do you know the, oh, I have to tell you, the other day I was out, I was at a gathering, and then this girl came up to me and says, do you do CrossFit? And then, of course, I said, of course I do. Like, <laughs> you know? So she was like commenting about how good I looked. And she's like, you look like the one, a person that does CrossFit. And I said, at first I thought, yeah, let me just like play along with her. I'm like, yeah, I do. It's fine. And then she's like. Were you trying like, to think of all the, the all crap the, I've said? Yeah, I was, I'm like, but I got to throw some terminology so she knows I'm not lying. Right. And then and I was like, really? Who's your trainer? Where do you do it? And that's what I all came out. I said, I have a trainer. I don't go to the gym. This she realized I was like bullshitting. I do have a trainer. I don't do CrossFit. And I'm like, I don't really do it. But, you know, somebody told me I should try it. And she's like, if you do, please let me know. But you look like you do CrossFit. <laughs> That's a good compliment. That was a very good compliment. Yeah, that is a good compliment. I mean, it was all fat, but she didn't really see it was dark. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. Like, all right, I'll give you a good example. So, uh, Last maybe week. CrossFit will help me. But mm I'm telling you, this punch the bag, do this, hold this, on, hold scream. On, hold on a How second. How about shouting? Seriously? Uh, Who the hell came up with this? To scream it out? Look. Oh, my God. But again, Dr. D, to each their own. Look, you're right. There's what? been a lot of research out there Saying that it has suggested work. that it doesn't work. However, there's a lot of anecdote, all right, that does suggest that it does work. Now, is one right and one wrong? Yes. To me personally, no. To me, it's whatever works for you. If punching a bag works so that you don't go blow up and beat some poor dude up on the side of the road, then go ahead and do it or yell at your wife and kid after having a bad day at work. For me, going to the gym after work, my drive to the gym after work and going to work, going to work out after work, I come home usually and I'm in a really good mood because the shit I dealt with there, I've already worked it out. In my mind, it's like, all right, I've worked out. Sorry about that. So my kid just ran in and gave me a hug before He's bedtime. He's so cute. I know. Now that's catharsis. That he gave is. you a hug. He told you that he misses you. See, I think this is the, the true catharsis is when something physical happens that is expression of a myth. That's where I was at. So the, you have anecdote and then you have the research, right? We can't always say that anecdote is wrong because anecdote at times can be right. And that's from what our grandmothers have said, what our coaches have said, like go punch a bag or go for a run, run it out, walk it off. Those are things that have stood the test of time over research, to be fair. No offense to like psychology and research, because at the end of the day, everything except for absolute science is theory, right? Right. But research is not saying it doesn't work. It's saying that now we're realizing that it's not just exercising or punching the bag that the, another component has to be added, which means expressing, talking about it. Yeah, because that's what true. I agree what with you that. Have, what you notice in some of this research, what they're saying is that before, they were saying that if you are angry or have a lot of negative emotions, you have to walk it off or express it. And it stopped there. But now we're realizing that with ability to talk about what made you angry, it will make you a much healthier person than just walk it off. Because before... Kids were like, we tell them, walk it off or go run the track or go scream. But then we never really asked them to process what were they feeling? 
And now we're saying, in, at least in therapy, we're saying, yes, you could still, I mean, of course you could still exercise, you have to. And you could still use a lot of these physical activities if you want to scream, shout, shoot, whatever. Yeah. But ultimately what really makes more sense is to do it in combination of the physical expression and the verbal expression that you have to talk about what is bothering you. Because a lot of research is saying, now let's say you're angry or like me, I was pissed off yesterday. <laughs> and then let's say I go and I walk it off, right? Yeah. Fine. We're fine. I walked it off. I ran, whatever. I'm exhausted. What research is saying is that the next time there's something else that's going to piss me off, it's going to trigger my anger which is also going to trigger the anger I had with this person. So it means that the anger is still there. It hasn't been processed. It's just been displaced into something else without really processing. So to make it a better process, go do your exercise, punch your bag, do your CrossFit, but ultimately have an opportunity to sit within yourself or with your therapist or write it down. What really made you angry about this process? So for me, with this person, I was there, what really got me angry is because. Then I was thinking to myself, what really got me angry? It's not like the first time I've been taken advantage of. Maybe because I was disappointed. I've always felt like I was lied to, taken advantage of. See, this is like, it's something really bothers me because I feel like people really take advantage of nice people. 100%, yeah. And because you're nice, people feel like that's the green light of why they should take yeah. advantage of you. Yep. Especially, and, especially over here. Especially, especially, I think, especially in Kuwait, you get a lot of that here. Like, if you're nice to someone, it's like, okay, well, let me see how far I can push. Let me see how much money I can get out Which of it. Which is them. so sad. It really is. Because then you just turn into, no, I'm not going to do it anymore. You know, that's me now. And then you become worse. Like, it goes black and white. Like, if you don't have, I mean, because of this guy and any other opportunities of where I felt like people take advantage of you. Now I feel like I'm never going to be nice to anyone. And then that's not right either because there yeah. are going to be people that really deserve for me to be nice. But now I'm going to take this decision because I can decide on who the one deserves my niceness and who doesn't. No, I know. I agree with you, yeah. So anyways, the feelings I felt now, I could have walked it over or do this. Who says that the next time I get angry or the next time I'm taken advantage of, which is similar to this situation, it will not trigger the same uh, feelings. I see what you're saying. With you that, what I'm saying. I can see what you're saying. And my statement is still the same. I mean, it completely it's depends to on you. convince you. No, it, I'm convinced. <laughs> no, 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 I'm convinced. Because some people, yes, they need to talk it out. Like, hey, she needs to talk it out sometimes. Like, you know, if there's oh, something you're she trying needs to say, yeah. women need to talk it out? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Because we've But been... men have pent up frustrations and emotions because we are told to do that as a kid. Yeah. We are told to punch true. a bag. We are told to do See? this. Athletes are told to work it out on the field. One thing a coach always said, he would be like, whatever baggage you're carrying from home, leave it outside the lines. Which is so hard to do anyways. But as an athlete, when you get to a certain level, yeah. you can do that. You're able can to you switch separate? off. Yeah, you can. You're able to switch off from that. So like, I get it. I get the part of what you're saying by, yes, go exercise those demons out and then talk about it. But I'm also saying is a lot of high level athletes or even normal athletes, like people that play college ball or play, you know, a lot of, you know, competitive sports. A lot of them don't have that type of personality to talk it out. I know a lot of elite I know, athletes. But, uh, they're I'm the saying that they people. should have that personality. But maybe for them, when they do work out and they do that, that's their catharsis. That's what brings them at peace. 
and they are able to deal with that situation. See, but that's what I'm saying is I don't really think they'll ever reach that 100% peaceness because they actually, if you have used your physical strength to be able to express emotions that were that have to do with anger, sadness, you know, they're typical emotions. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Then it means that you have not really been able to, because emotions, the only way to really express them is to talk about them. So I feel like, yes, you're right. And I think that's the problem. What if you don't have someone to talk to? Like, what if... I I write a journal. I write it out. I record it. Maybe they do. I call my best friend. But maybe them working out, like riding a bike or running, Maybe that's them working it out in their head. But then cognitively, what happens? You're, you're only working it out physically. You're expressing it. Yeah, but cognitively. But then cognitively, what do you do? Like, how should I cognitively now restructure the idea that this guy or this assistant that I had that took advantage is not all the other assistants that I will have? How do I restructure it cognitively? I, I can give you an example. I'll okay. give you a non-CrossFit example. I'll give okay. you a running example. Okay. So if I'm doing a 5K run, for okay. instance, and I want to, I'm angry. I get angry after work. My boss yells at me. I can't say anything back. I have to pent up. I have to, you know, hold in my emotions. Yeah. So now I'm carrying these emotions on my shoulder. Sometimes when I'm running, I go, what happened to me today is not half as bad as the shit I'm doing right now. You know, when you get to that point of quit or keep going, that's one way of doing it. Or just the fact that I'm running and I'm running it out and I get to think about it as I run like, okay, life can be a lot worse. What happened today wasn't that bad because of A, B, and C. Sometimes it helps someone think a lot clearer because you don't want to think about the pain that you're in through the exercise that you're going through. Or like if you're hitting baseballs, for me, hitting a baseball was like the ultimate catharsis. I felt great afterwards because I was putting that energy into the ball. And I was thinking about it. All right, well, that's great. I'm feeling good now. See, today wasn't so bad. You know, now I'm feeling great about it. Today, yeah, it sucked. My boss yelled at me. He did A, B, and C. But right now, it's just me and the ball. Right now, I get to think about this and structurally break it down. That's how I manage. But if I go and I'm just going ham on a boxing bag, and not thinking about it, and I'm just trying to think of punching my boss in the face, that's where I can see your perspective of it being an issue. Because then you're just building more frustration. Right, because we all know from the frustration. Did that make sense, though? No, and I understand what you're saying is that, but the idea is, is that that pent up frustration, you're, you're can saying you move that... your microphone up a little bit? It's hitting your scarf. Is it good? I mean, the thing is, is that... By the way, my wife has the same scarf. She does. I she love does. this. It's, it's a really nice scarf. I love the colors of it. Where'd you get it from? Kuwait or outside of Kuwait? I got hers from uh, Morocco. I have no idea. I think it might have been a gift. I never buy anything they nice probably, for They myself. probably got it at the same place. <laughs> Morocco? <laughs> Sorry, anyways, yeah. <laughs> see, I was trying to deter you from the conversation I so I because could win the argument. you don't want me to challenge you. <laughs> no, no. But I'm not challenging I mean, what you're saying. Agree. I mean, even Does frustration theory, if you think about it. Before, we used to think it's linear, right? You're frustrated, you're angry, you have some object, you'll shoot someone hit someone, right? And now we're realizing that frustration really has a different way of expressing itself. So it could be frustrated and you could do nothing about it and forget about it. Or you could be frustrated and angry and then you can take it out on yourself. Now we're also realizing that there are people that are frustrated and angry are taking this anger toward themselves, which is suicide or hurting themselves, cutters, whatever. And then we also have these other people who are frustrated 
and then they go directly to the source of their frustration, right? Which means if your boss yelled at you or whatever, you go and you fight with your boss. And we also know that there are people that displace because they'll never have the ability or the guts to be able to face the person who's really making them frustrated. So therefore, they displace it on people that they think they're safe. Yeah, like family members, wife, kids, and so forth, which you see a lot of in Kuwait, by the way. Which you see in the Middle East, I would say. Or that domestic workers. Did you hear about this other domestic worker? No. Well, apparently yesterday or two days ago, a domestic worker was killed. What? Really? That's right. So can you imagine? Wow. I mean, how pent up frustration. I mean, I don't know what the issue was. I was trying to look it up to read it. And who told me that? My helper. Oh, madam, this would happen. And I was like, really? That's so scary for them. I was wondering why she's like just watching the news. I was like, what is why are you, the kids are not here. Why are you just like, go do something fun? And she's like, no. And you know, her family's calling her to check up on her because, you know, it's a people here. It's like, it's and a then community, the news, yeah. And it's a community. And she's like, do you know what happened? She's like, you know, this, uh, I mean, I don't know who it was, but the idea is, is that the girl, I don't know, she did something wrong in the, the domestic uh, the, what do we call them? The How does, sponsors or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the sponsors, the sponsors of, the, yeah, of, of the employee. The, the employee, the employer. Uh, the idea is, is that, I don't know, they got mad at her or whatever. So I don't I, know how but much. how does one go from, like, you know, I'm pissed off. Like, we all have these helpers no, that pisses just, you no, off. For someone to kill someone, they're nuts. How do you go up to kill? For someone to do that, they're nuts. They and have to be crazy. Can I say nuts? You can say nuts. You're a psychologist, though. You can say nuts. I can say crazy. No, because this is can crazy. Can I say shrink? You can say shrink also. I like you. I like you're, shrink. You're a good psychologist. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. But do you know how to, obviously you're not normal. Yeah, like, I mean, no matter how much, I mean, all of us have had stories of our helpers pissing us off at something. Or employees I mean, pissing us off or whatever. Or can you imagine even my boss pisses me off? Can you imagine like I go up and go off? I mean, to go off. And of course, there's a lot of research about people that go off. Again, it's that fr- frustration tolerance is that this frustration and anger, it gets built up, built up. And then now, obviously, people that work out or CrossFit or run, they're relieving some of it. So obviously, these people that get to that point, they're doing nothing with it. They're just sitting with the anger. And I'm sure that there were other things going on because I can't imagine this helper did anything to deserve to yeah. die. Yeah, no, I agree with I you. I mean, never. There was some, I think it was a little bit more than frustration that killed, like, That's I think craziness. the person had a legit mental issue to go and kill somebody. Like, I know, but, but it starts where? It starts with frustration and anger and disappointment, right? And then not that her, but, but she's just, just a, a displacement. What if it's a sociopath? Like, she could, yeah, of course. You know, I mean, like, obviously well, we know that people that kill are sociopaths. Yeah, but like, I mean, maybe there was no frustration. Maybe it's just like, I want to... You know, I'm just going to kill this person. And no, I'm sure it led up. It led up to something. E- you either know. way, rega- regardless, like no one should be killed. <laughs> like right, and, and and that's what it is. Is like talking about catharsis. Like if this, hey, lady or whoever the guy, the couple, right? I'm thinking, like, if you guys were that pissed off, then you should have just sent her back. That's it. Or take her simple to the solution. agency. I mean, yeah, why would you want to be able to torture her to the point where you you kill her? Did they torture her? I mean, they killed. No, I don't know the details, wow. but. But you hear about it a lot. You of hear course. about, you also hear about domestic, like helpers and employees killing their employers. Yeah, of course. Of because course. Because of, and that's mistreatment, because of, yeah, mistreatment, yes. built up. Or hustle. maybe craziness also. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I mean. I uh, mean, it's two way, um, of course, but there is no legit reason why someone would get to that point. 
Now, if she would have addressed it, talked about it, either way, if the helper or the employer, if they would have just addressed. What happened is a lot of times there are other things I'm sure going on in their life. It's either financial or some marital problems or their kid's problem. And then what they do is that they displace it on the easiest target, which happens to be the helper. Because the helper, we see them as less than us. We don't see them as having a lot of rights. And we tend to, you know, it's the same thing as like you're upset and then you go displace it on your dog because the dog doesn't talk. They can't fight back or protect themselves. So we take advantage of the vulnerables. Yeah. And so this is the same situation. No, it makes sense. I mean, look, what you're saying, I totally agree with. I'm not saying I disagree with it. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that there is also merit to anecdote, in my opinion, too. Where, and you used to say this, we had this argument in class too, yeah. by the way. There was displacement. It was in, um, I think it was in Psych 101, not Psych uh, No, Social Psychology. Social Psychology. Uh, it was Social Psychology. That's right. And I remember raising my hand saying, yeah, but when I punch a punching bag, I feel good. And you were like, that's displacing your anger. And you gave me your teacher voice yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, and okay. it is displacing. I was like, all right, I'm just going to shut up now. <laughs> because it, you, know? you will continue to displace. And now you're venting some of the, Stress hormones. Yeah, but yes. it worked for me. But it worked. Yeah, but you always had an anger issue, so it kind of worked. It, See, this is what I'm yeah, saying. But, but, it's like wait, you keep wait, on saying on. it worked, but if we you say, had anger if issues. We say, if we say post my brother passing away. I saw you post. Po- yeah, you saw me post. But, and you're still angry. But before that, I always worked my issues out through sport, through doing stuff like that. And even after DJ passing away, after my brother dying, yes, my emotions were different. It was because it was a different it was a different realm like that was something where, yes, I definitely needed someone to talk to about and I needed to have professional help so that I could talk about my feelings because I was a 23 year old. I didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh You know, like now, if that were to happen to me, like, I don't know if the same situation occurred now and my brother passed away and I'm 36 years old. I think I would deal with it in a much different way. Well, that's because you're also mature. Mature, exactly. Yeah, and now you're a family man, you're a father. So there's there's, there's there's, a lot of other components. But think about it. Even in class when you were saying, well, I punch a bag and I feel good, but you didn't. Even when I met you, you still had a lot of angry issues, but still you were exercising, you were punching a bag. I was exercising and everything, but I wasn't exercising for that, if that makes any sense. There were times now where I know that I've had a bad day at work the one thing that's going to make me feel good is if I go to the gym and I work it out because that gives me that time to think and clear my head. It's me time. It's my time to think, clear my head, organize my thoughts, organize my emotions. And then I come back out of it a better person. Now, mm-hmm. here's the flip side. When I had a shitty comp in Bahrain, yeah, CrossFit wasn't doing that for me. See? I needed to talk to my coach for him to validate my hard work over the last year. And for him to tell me, no, you're still really good. You just had a bad weekend. Before so yeah, that, he needed yeah, before him. that, I'd work out in CrossFit and I'd, I'd be hating it because yeah. I thought I sucked. Right. And you so know he put I mean? it in perspective. So I couldn't use, I couldn't really divert my negative emotions and be, get into that state of catharsis because what had been working for me wasn't working anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So then when I had that conversation with him and everything after that turned into my outlet again. So I'm, you know, I'm very happy with things, but that's me. I'm different. Dr. D's giving me the, the look. She's giving me like... I think people need to do whatever it makes them happy and they know what works for them. 
there's no way, just because I'm a psychologist, I'm going to come and say, well, that works for you. That does. If it works for you, I believe you. I'm just saying we have to be very careful not to avoid talking about it and using CrossFit yeah. or physical activity or punching the bag or shouting as a way of expressing our emotions, not only way. I'm all for it. Relax, Yanni. Today I was working out and then I was because of my situation yesterday. <laughs> I love my trainer because he's like my psychologist. So I was like going on and on. And while you're working out, you really, he's like, wow, you have a lot of energy. I feel like whenever I have a lot of emotion, anger or frustration, and when I work out, it comes out more. I love it. I have a lot. Of, but the reason why I felt better after the session is not just because I worked out, it's because I was expressing to him while I was working out. For me, it was fine. So today I'm much better and I, my mind is clearer. And finally, I realized I should just block this guy because I feel <laughs> like I need to start like cleaning out people 2020. I want to clean people out. Here with the resolution. Crowd. That's it. My, did you, I, see, no, my, I did don't you know. see my post on resolutions? I don't even care about resolutions. Did you see, did yeah, you see I did my see post? it. Yeah. Dude. I'm so for like, look, resolutions was I should have a resolution by... every day. Why should I need to have exactly. it for the week? Exactly. I mean, people have been asking me and... It's a marketing thing. It's it... like, you know, what do you think about resolution? I was like thinking, first of all, I don't agree with it because what happens is like people set these resolutions are very high. Like yep. I'm never going to be angry this year. Who the hell is going to say that? Look, even me with anger management techniques, I still cannot say that. I, I'll never scream at my kids. Okay. That's not going to happen. Like these things, people, who, who did they set up these things for? Yeah. You know, and instead of having setting up goals that are realistic for yourself and setting it short term, why do people say the whole year I will eat right? Why not? I'll eat right every day. Every day. Doesn't matter if it's 2020 or, or 2028. Yeah. Like, like it doesn't, what the hell? it doesn't make it honestly, like, I think. It was resolutions or New Year's was created in order to celebrate. But well, at first it was to celebrate the gods, you know, in Babylonian times. I did my research before I posted. If you read my post. Babylonian. Yeah, there you go. Those those are your people right there. (laughs) I think it was to promise that like they wouldn't do what they did the previous year, like the bad things. Okay. And then I think it's just a marketing ploy. I think it's marketing. I think it's where salesmen see. I mean, it makes people more depressed. Do you, I mean, it's only been what? Today's the fourth? Do you know gym memberships? I've to, people are saying to me, I feel so bad. I told myself January 1st, I was going to quit smoking. I just broke down. Okay. So that, so it makes people feel bad. Because yeah, it makes people feel it. like if you have never tried to quit cigarette, why are you putting deadline January 1st? Why don't you start thinking about ways that you're going to quit cigarette? How are you going to replace that habit? Patches maybe? Medication? Look, let, me, let me give everybody out there my advice on quitting smoking. All of Cold that turkey. stuff. Yeah. All, honestly, and all of the successful people that I know who have quit were cold turkey. Actually, best Everybody. resource says cold turkey. Yeah. And There's you have no to this think thing, about I'm going to smoke two cigarettes a day. No, no. You have to think about it. It's a process. Yeah. If you think about it, I was thinking about quitting smoking for two years. For two years, I would think about it every time I saw my son and said, I don't want him wiping my ass when I'm 70 years old. <laughs> no, seriously. That was... Were yeah, you still was, smoking when DJ was born? Yeah, I was. I quit when DJ was was three. And the, the I tipping I don't even point, remember you smoking. Uh, I, I never, don't, you, never remember. Oh, because you're scared of me. I was yeah, like your mom. Much. You yeah, never like much. smoke in front of me. Yeah. Did you ever smoke in front of your mom? Yeah, I've never seen you smoke. In, but even on campus, like I didn't see you. I used I to can't be like remember. in the corner. Oh, wow, you, you really uh, kind of respected me, didn't want me to see you smoking. Huh? Yeah, kind of. Oh, 
This is where all the girls hang out. <laughs> <laughs> the but, smokers. But what really got me, though, was when DJ said, Daddy, what are they doing? Um, and that's when I was like, all right, I don't mm. want to set this example for my son. Good so now you. that emotion got stronger. The de- detachment from cigarettes was getting stronger. And it wasn't New Year's. It wasn't a patch. It wasn't the gum. It wasn't hypnosis. It wasn't any of that shit. I woke up every day <laughs> like I usually do, poured my coffee, put a cigarette in my mouth, lit it up, and I didn't even inhale it all the way. And I was like, this is fucking disgusting. I put it down and that was it. That was it. That huh? was it. That was all she wrote. But guess what? You had a motivational factor. Exactly. So, you know, somebody asked me, because I had also posted something, a resolution, a New Year's resolution, which I can't stand. And I said, I don't agree with it. And don't put something so you can feel like a failure. Like, I would never say, like, I'm going to be 20 kilo less this year. Why do I just say I'll lose five kilo or something? Why not just, why not? I just want to get healthier. Yeah, I mean, so to me, I never, so anyways, I was like, and then I said, it all requires self-discipline. And then this, you know, this person's like, well, how do you develop self-discipline? And really, actually, the first, so to quit smoking or to quit anything, it requires self-discipline. And you know what was your self-discipline? Is Self-discipline starts with motivation. Yeah. You had to have a the motivational why. factor, which the was your, yep. your, your son was your motivational factor. Then you decided, I'm never going to smoke this. So you, you took a puff of it and then you put it away and you said, this is disgusting. So in order for us to develop self-discipline, we got to do it slowly, you know, small steps until it becomes a pattern or a habit. You know, it's like wanting to drink water every morning. You know, if you want to get your body used to drinking a glass of water, as soon as you wake up, you drink every day. And then it becomes like a habit, like a muscle that you haven't used. And then now you're starting to use it every day. No, it makes sense. The idea is that so people need to understand in order for you to make all these changes, you have to have self-discipline. And the idea is that, and then you also have, so the other thing you probably did is that you realized you can't hang out with people that are smoking. And even if your friends continue to smoke is that you had. No, I still, I have no, I had no problem. No, and then, no, but you also had, I'm sure you had a plan on if someone offered you a cigarette, you had what if kind of deal. No, so if someone really. would have, no, but someone offered you a cigarette, you would do exactly what to say. Exactly. I, I just said I quit. And it's like, I, and you were ready. Yeah. Like I was just like, no, I quit. So if someone would have said to you, no, come on, only one cigarette is not going to hurt you. What do you do? I'm good. I'm good, man. And so how did you, how did you deal with that peer pressure? Cause you know, peer pressure no, plays a big a, part. Honestly, it was. Maybe it, you didn't have a lot of friends who smoke. No, everyone at work smokes. My family members smoke. Everyone I know smokes. And everyone was like, well, does the smell bother you? I was like, no. I was like, does it bother you? No, no. I mean, right now, like, yeah, it kind of does. Like, I hate being at the gym and someone walking in that reeks of cigarettes because it's just like you're polluting the air around me. It's like, seriously. And I hate when people. They're playing. They smoke a cigarette just before they go into the gym. I know. What the worst is, no, assholes that smoke around playgrounds. That drives me nuts. I don't want you smoking around my kid. Or like they're smoking around their own kid. Yes. The other day I was driving and this is the most disgusting thing. I was driving and this guy had the window closed with his son in the middle. You know how sometimes yeah, these primitive yeah. creatures that don't even put them in a seatbelt. So the kid is like in between. Oh my God. He's smoking a cigarette and the window is closed. What the hell? This that kid is, so bad. is inhaling all the smoke. At yep. least open the damn window. Yeah. At yeah. least. And I was just like looking at him. I was saying to myself, what should I say? Should I get my angry roots out or should I just let it go? 
And I was like, whatever, I don't need to go to jail for this. But it was like pissing me off. Here you've got a kid almost in your lap and you've got a cigarette in the other hand. That's ridiculous. No, you're right. Look, for some people though, again, I am completely different. Maybe others need the patch. Maybe they need that crutch. Yeah, that's true. But no, I, I think you have a... self-discipline. I think they rate self-discipline. There are people with high self-discipline low. And I think you're one of those people that when you put something in your mind, you tend to take it as a challenge and you achieve it. Yeah. And you're very competitive anyway. I try to. Yeah, no, I really yeah, try. Yeah, you are. Look, if you told me the world's going to end in a week, I'm smoking a pack of cigarettes, <laughs> you know, because it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, if I'm, if I'm right. dieting. I'm smoking a pack of cigarettes and I'm doing all the unhealthy things that I can think of. That I haven't done for a while. That I haven't done for a while just because it's like, yeah, sure. But some people, the same thing when we go back to catharsis and when we go back to, you know, displacing your emotions. For some people, they have that discipline like myself. Others, they need hypnosis. Maybe they need the medication. Maybe they need these things. I see them as a crutch. Like when my trainer's like, oh, use the band to do pull-ups. I never used a band in my life you know, where you put the band on your leg so it's easier to do a yeah, pull-up. Yeah. I'm like, dude, it's a crutch. I don't want to get used to it. Yeah. Because then all you're doing is you're replacing one bad habit with another. It's like yeah. these guys with the vape pens. They're like, oh, I quit oh, smoking, yeah, yeah. so now I'm vaping. That's true. And I'm like, dude, this has been around for like five years. You don't know what the hell's going in your body. Yeah, How true. can you justify this And actually, this there better? are more and more research saying that vape There's is cases. worse for you. Do you see all these cases that yeah. are coming out of people dying from this weird, mysterious lung disease? That's right. It's, and it's because they haven't really done enough research and we've allowed it. I just noticed like last month when I was taking the kids to school that, and I told my son and my son is like, mom, can you imagine there's a vape shop right across the street from their school? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't know, maybe in the U.S., don't, in the U.S., don't they have like a rule about what do you have around like the school area? Like, can you really have a vape shop right across the school? But here they do. And then I was thinking like high schoolers probably cross the street and go get a vape and buying it and using it. And so it's, it's so, so dangerous. Yeah, no, you're and, right. You know, and then some people in regards to catharsis, you know, the thing is, is that some people think that, oh, no, I need to smoke when I'm pissed off. Uh, this is not the way you, you're going to express no, your emotions. Yeah, no, right? I know. Some people like use any excuses as soon <laughs> as they have negative emotions that I'm going to smoke and that will really help me b- become calmer. And again, I go back to my point is like, does it really help you become calmer or is it just band-aiding your negative emotions until something else triggers you? So it's a crutch. I can agree with you on that. I can definitely agree with you on that, that it is a crutch. And I think that's the best way to wrap this up. Like, it you're is. right. That don't use a crutch. Don't use a crutch to get that's around right. it. You know, and, right. and personally, find something that works for you. You know, like there's... And for me, I mean, I'm not disagreeing totally with you. I'm just saying that there's an extra component that everyone should really utilize. Anything in I, life, I don't you need mind. a, a think, good balance. I think you need to exercise, definitely. I mean, regardless you're venting or not venting, you have a stress or whatever it is, it's healthy. For me, I feel like what really helps is that, like I said, when I work out and I'm venting to my trainer, he did this, he did that. I'm sure my trainer's like, please, lady, just be quiet. <laughs> so I was like, you know, and I, but to me, I feel, I mean, I don't know if he feels you know better, gonna, but I feel you know better. Train, you know, trainers are probably replace shrinks at some point. Well, I mean, they, well, it's, the hairdressers it, does. But that's the thing. If it's you true. find someone to talk to yeah. during that, like, yeah. Look, I agree with you 100%. I think any way to remedy something is by having a well-rounded, balanced yep, plan. It's true. It's true. It's like losing weight. You can't lose weight without exercise, healthy food, diet. 
And it's a style of life. And having the right mind. Exactly. And talking to professionals. Yep, exactly. So it's never one thing or the other. So talk to your uh, trainers. And your shrink. <laughs> yeah, you should, give, you, you should give your trainers a tip to go see the shrink so that they can learn something. Maybe take a few psychology courses. I swear <laughs> to God, you know how many trainers I know? They oh have coffee with their... Their class their, students? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like a lot of trainers will take their PTs out for coffee. Because their PT just needs to talk and get it out. It's true. <laughs> it's funny. You should see me and my trainer. It's business. <laughs> like, like me and Rob, we were talking about that today. And I was like, dude, yeah, you know, I see you. It's just business. We are very <laughs> focused on what I want to do. Well, maybe this is a good thing. I don't know if I want to mix. I mean, when we're in the gym and I tell him my thing. But, you know, my coach and I, we talk about a lot of things. It depends. Right? Yeah, no, Because it it's like, it's, it's funny. And I know he, I can trust him. But I think I would not go for coffee, though. I know some. I know a lot of people that go for coffee. No, I don't want to. That's. I don't want to mix stop, boundaries. They'll stop in the middle of their PT and they'll just sit there and talk. For me, boundaries are important. But again, at least they're talking, right? Yeah, at least they're talking. And a lot of the trainers I spoke to were like, "Yeah, you know, they have this issue. They have that issue. They're talking to me about their relationship with their boyfriends, their parents. Well, they don't keep secrets, so that's the difference between trainers mm-hmm. and psychologists. Mm-hmm. See, we we are sworn confidentiality, so I never and a say. Lot of it's in the states. I never say my client said this or that. But a lot of the trainers that I've talked to and meshed with were in the states that had that happen, and really? a decent amount here. Huh. Well, they're taking your job over. They are taking my job, but we still beat you in confidentiality. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Well, you guys can be professors too, so that's like a layout. no. The other thing is that we can give advice, and we're qualified to give advice. That's so true. That's so true. Never, ladies and gentlemen, never take advice from a trainer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, because it's always a wrong. Tra- and plus, they're not objective. I mean, they're they can't really be able to see it from the other side. And very egotistical. So one thing I've noticed with a lot okay. of trainers, what is they have up big with egos. these trainers and this egos. ego? Well, think about it. They have the shredded six pack. They always want to look ever. nice, so they have a hint of selfishness to themselves. Can you not be overweight and be a trainer? You can be. I oh, mean, okay. some of the best—not trainers. I would say like Olympic weightlifting coaches, powerlifting coaches. These guys are like in their forties, fifties, and they've never had a six pack. Especially powerlifters. You know, they're yeah. just. They can just lift a lot of heavy shit. But if you're going into your typical boutique gym or whatever, you're expecting the trainer to be ripped and you have this image paint. Which is true, actually. Because when I go to a hairdresser or a nail technician, I'm always looking at her nail to see how good they are. And also a dietitian, for example. I remember like this dietitian, sometimes I used to invite her to come to my class, talk about nutrition. And I could see like some students would be judging her, even though she was really full of information and she was specialized in diabetes actually but I felt like because she wasn't really fit or thin or whatever and I feel like you know sometimes people don't take you serious when you don't look right within your field right but the thing is is that she was very knowledgeable she helped a lot of patients that are diabetic that's true and everyone's situation and circumstance is different however if you're in the field you know it's if you're in the field then there is... And you want people to take you serious. Yeah, there's an image you kind of have to represent. It's just part of the fitness industry. But to be fair, some of the best coaches aren't the best players or the best athletes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've met a lot of baseball players where they weren't the best baseball player, but they were damn good coaches. Yeah, it's true. And if you look at Major League Baseball, I use that as an example, and NFL, a lot of the average mediocre players become some of the best coaches. Yeah. And because they had to study the game a lot more and they just didn't have that genetic advantage. And a lot of trainers, 
have a genetic advantage when it comes down to it. Yeah. A lot of these guys have genetics. A lot of them use steroids. They use, you know, supplements so that they lose the weight. They keep their body fat percentage down. And look, media has screwed up like the image of the human body so badly because mm. we should not be sitting at 5% body fat, 4% body fat. It's actually unhealthy. And if you look at some of these women that are like 5% body fat, like they don't get periods for months. Like it's not healthy. I mean, but the thing is, is that pressure of like, like some of these it's fashionistas the that you the and thing. I it's know. The pressure. Yeah, no, it's the pressure. It's oh my God. the cosmetic surgery. There's a dietitian that I know mm. who had all the surgeries done. And she's, a, you know, she's selling her body as an image. And it's like, dude, as a seriously? Dietitian. Yeah. It's like, seriously, come on. Hmm. Everyone knows you didn't get that body through dieting or through the eat, the right eating habits. And, you people, got that. and people believe her? Yeah. People are stupid. Yeah. That's sad. People in masses. Come on. Social psychotic. People in masses are stupid. They're easily susceptible because of the group. We got to talk about that's an episode on its own. Yeah, it's true. But. All right. Thanks, well, guys. Go Hope, enjoy your catharsis. Yep. Go quit smoking. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.